Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Footy Social Club podcast. This is a weekly podcast, and if you've liked the content that we've put out so far, do consider liking and subscribing. It helps us out massively. Enjoy the show. Never, 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 never take football for granted. Welcome back. I'm going to start with Harry Maguire. All of you would have seen the Gareth Southgate interview that came out after the game, and I believe that Maguire spoke to the press as well. Southgate was very, very strong with his words and very vocal in his support for Maguire. Um, Ryan, welcome back, and I'll come to you first. Is what's happening to Harry Maguire now crossed the line and out of order? Yeah, I think so. Uh, it wasn't so long ago we were talking about the treatment Deli Ali was getting. He was getting abuse from everyone, and we seem to be very quickly going down the same path. Is a new scapegoat. I think I said at the time we'd find one. And Maguire's went from being the love child in 2018 to public enemy number one. I agree with Southgate's comment that in he's being unfairly treated. I also think he's putting him in the firing line by picking him in a squad when he's not playing for his team. Steve, how do you see? The Harry Maguire situation, obviously, you know, we talked about him not even supposed to be in the squad. The fact that he's not playing for his club, I think he's played about 15 minutes for Manchester United this season. Um, how did you take Southgate's comments? I think they were fair. I think, you, I think you, you've got to be fair to the lad at the end of the day. He's, he is obviously going through a real bad period of his playing career. And I think to, um, to, to keep sticking him in the team... Like Ryan has just said, is is that fair to him? I'm, I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced overall that it is. Um, I mean, it shows the character of him. I mean, he's quite happy to stand up and and, and go out and play. To, so to be fair to the lad, he's not shied away from it one bit, which from his point of view is testament to, to how he is in his character. But I just think that having played 15 minutes for United this season, it's just not enough for me. I just can't see how you can be in the England team I mean, all right, have him around the squad if you feel you want to have him around the squad and perhaps take him as a non-playing member of the squad, perhaps. But don't don't keep picking him. Don't keep putting him in them situations. It's just unfair. Matt, how do you see it? Obviously, you're a United fan. Have been critical of the player at times. Look, I think it's fine to be critical of a player, but this this has gone way too far, way over the line. Um, he, You know, you had Sancho come out a couple of weeks ago saying that, you know, he, he'd been make a, made a scapegoat at United. I think Maguire has. And I think the trouble with United at the moment is, you know, United fans are looking for someone and or something to blame for the reason that we are just terrible, in fairness, at the moment, for what you'd expect from United. And Maguire's just copying that constantly. I completely agree with, you know, what Ryan had said. We put out a reel a couple of months ago about Deli Ali when he did the interview with, with Neville. You cannot tell me that the nearly kind of two years of abuse now that, that Maguire's had, that, that hasn't affected him mentally. You know, if, if the fans had actually got behind him after the first few months of his poor form, maybe we'd be in a different situation now. But they haven't. It's gone the other way, not just for United, but for England as well. And it's just not fair. You know, he, Maguire doesn't choose if he is picked to play for a team. The managers do. So it should be the managers who are under fire for it. Whether he's played for United this season or not, you know, you can look at Calvin Phillips, who's played, was it, six minutes for City? Yeah. I thought he played really, really well last night. So I don't necessarily think 
you know, you playing for your club, especially this early on in the season, should be a definite indicator as to whether you're in the England team. We'll come to Calvin Phillips in a minute, guys. Gaz, would you just have him out of the team and let him focus on on his club career? Or, you know, is Southgate right to keep picking him? Well, I'd have him out of the team. I wouldn't have him in the team for sure. Um, I'll be as sympathetic as you guys, but I don't think he's good enough. Um, simple as that. I think there's better players out there. Dunk was fantastic last night. Looked superb there. So for me, I'd just be pulling him out of the team and, uh, you know, let him cope. But to be honest, he does need to be playing for Manu. Um, throwing him in at the deep end. I mean, he's getting booed. Um, it's not it's not a good sign for his confidence, that's for sure. But I would take him to the Euros, um, but maybe just like as a squad player because, um, you know, he's got the experience there for sure. You know, over the summer, Maguire had an opportunity to leave Manchester United, West Ham came in. The money on the table from a transfer fee seemed to be okay for Manchester United, but the wages weren't. And Maguire couldn't negotiate a deal with Manchester United for some form of a severance package. A player that's, you know, in the the latter stages of his career, still got a good few years in him, but he's in the latter stages, certainly doesn't need the money. I don't understand why he didn't, move to West Ham. They've still got European football. That's that's where my criticism for Maguire sits. I don't agree with at the human level um, of the, the bullying, the booing, the cheering. It happened when he came on against Arsenal. You know, Ryan, does he not ask for a little bit of this, seeing that he turned down a move and he's playing no minutes at Manchester United? Didn't Ten Hag come out with a bit of conflicting comments as well, though, and say he wants players who are going to stick and fight so on one note, you're saying, you're not my captain, go and find another club. And the next breath, you're saying, well, I only want players who want to fight for the club. I agree with Matt. He doesn't necessarily need to be playing this season, but I think for the goal, that was down to purely lack of minutes, lack of sharpness. He was flat-footed for that cross and he could, maybe what we call prime Harry Maguire blocks that and it doesn't go in the back of our net. So Matt, is it fair to say then that Maguire was at fault for both of England's goals over this last, you know, two games because of what happened, I suppose, in the Ukraine one as well. Even more emphasis on the fact he shouldn't be in the squad. Yeah, I think potentially at fault for the for the one in Ukraine. I think, look, I know it's an own goal, so it's difficult to say he wasn't at fault for the goal last night. But there was, I mean, I can't remember the, the Scottish left-back's name, but he kind of, he'd run from left-back all the way through the centre of the pitch, all the way over to the right, and then, you know, a last-ditch cross to put it in. He should have been cut out way before it ever got to him actually crossing that ball. So I don't think you can lay that purely on Maguire and that being Maguire's fault. Ryan, you're absolutely right. I do think not having those minutes, that is a lack of match sharpness. And, you know, he could have put his foot out a split second earlier and that would have been off for a corner and we wouldn't be having this conversation now. Um, so I don't think you can you can squarely put the blame at his feet. In regards to him fighting for his place at United, I really like that in a player. I, and I, I think, you know, I think it's brave to do that. He doesn't need the money. Um, I think it's brave to do that, knowing what, especially what Ten Hag is like with players that he doesn't fancy, he just tends to, to block them out. So Maguire's really up against it, not just with the fans, but also with a manager who is just known for quietly getting rid of players if he, if he doesn't, doesn't like them. So to be honest, fair play to Maguire. Yeah, let's not forget he was stripped of the captaincy over the summer at Manchester United. It's been a big few months for him you know, I think Ten Hag would have liked to have seen the back of Maguire. That didn't happen. Steve, you surprised he didn't take the opportunity to go and play first team football 
under a good manager in David Moyes in the summer? Yeah, I'm very, very surprised, actually. I get the fact that he's obviously decided to stay and fight for his place. I mean, perhaps he feels that he can outlast Ten Hag. I mean, we've seen that with other managers. I mean, it does happen. You know, it happens a lot with, with, with players over the course of time. I mean, we talk about how big players are now, you know, and how much power they have. Perhaps he feels that that is, that is the case with it, you know, with, with him. But to me, it's not right. And I just, I'm not, I'm not having a go at Harry Maguire about this, but it's not right to me that he goes to England to get match fit. That's just completely and utterly the wrong way round in anybody's eyes. I cannot for the life of me see how you have a player in the squad who's not match fit. I know we've got the same thing with Phillips, and, and obviously he's getting lack of game time at Man City. But, you know, we're, we're not a charity, England. We're, 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 you know, we're here to try and win stuff. We're trying to, you know, and I get the whole Southgate protecting him, trying to make him part. Of, but if you're not match fit, you're not match fit. And it was clear that the two players that started last night looked match fit. They looked game ready. They looked like they'd got control of the ball. They'd got, you know, they weren't taking an extra touch when it came to them and stuff. They were just pinging it about and it looked, fair play, they were playing Scotland and Scotland weren't at the best. There was no two ways about it. But were they made to look not at their best? So I don't agree with this thing of you going to England to get fat match fit. You come match fit from your squad, from your team, because you're either, you're either in the squad, you're either in the team you're playing or you're not. Yep, I agree. I mean, and Southgate at the start of his tenure as England manager, you know, didn't pick players that weren't playing club football. He was very vocal about that at the start of his tenure as England manager. And we all, you know, complimented him on that. Um, I would like to talk about the overall team that was picked last night and get some feedback on that. Um, but before we do that, Gaz, I want to come to you first about Jude Bellingham. But before you give me your assessment on how Bellingham performed last night, um, as everyone knows, you, you know, you're a loyal Spurs fan, I picked up um, a comment by Graham Souness on James Madison. And basically he said that Southgate was only picking Bellingham because, <laughs> because he plays for Real Madrid and that James Madison is a way better player. So, Gaz, how loyal are you to Spurs? And is James Madison a better player than Bellingham? Bellingham is... Is something else. Bellingham is like Gascoigne, Gerrard, Lampard. He's everything. He's 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 phenomenal. I think he's. I've never seen anything like it in my life. Uh, and yeah, no. He, comparing him to Madison, Madison's a very different type of player. Madison is, you know, given in, in tight spaces. You could play him alongside Bellingham, but Bellingham is a, a type of guy that would go past you, bring it from deep, and ca- like a ball carrier, a bit like Gazza was. Um, but with but with you know with a Lampard finish and an engine of Gerrard, so yeah, no, no, Sooners is completely wrong there, guys. <laughs> Roy, how do you assess Bellingham overall last night? And and my second part to that is, do you think we're talking about a potential England captain one day? I thought he was fantastic, and I have I've been really highly complimentary of him, even though he is a blue nose since the day he <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Today he actually played for England. Um, I'm not going to go as far as Gaz yet and call him a blend of Gaza, Gerard, and Lampard because it's a relatively small sample. But he's certainly got the potential. And Real Madrid aren't spending 100 plus million on a player who 
hasn't already proven in the foreign league how good he can be. So I want him to achieve everything that he can, certainly with England, so that we're all happy. I'm just not going to do a media thing of build a guy up and then shoot him down. Matt, you know, I saw the messages last night on the group. Very happy watching Bellingham. Surprised the Premier League club didn't make more effort to sign him? I, I think it was purely his decision. I think he he had Madrid in his sights. Um, yeah, look, I, I I think he's phenomenal. And I uh, I tend to lean towards more what, what Gaz is saying about that mixture of players that he's comparing him to. Um, Gaz, I'm surprised you didn't put Richarlison in there um, as a comparison <laughs> as well. Um, <laughs> I thought he was, I genuinely thought he was phenomenal. He absolutely bossed that game. The, the guy, what is he, 20, 21? He's still very young, right? He's been around forever. Obviously, started playing at 16. The maturity of the guy is, is just amazing. And 100%, he will be England's next captain. 100%. In the next three or four years. Because what's Kane now? 30, 31? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. He he will take over that that position as England's next captain. You know he's playing for Madrid. He's got the the Zidane, the Zidane number five shirt, and he is bossing it there. He's loved already by the rest of the the kind of club and the fans. He's got a massive massive future. Yeah, I, I tend to agree, Steve. England fans are terrible at hyping up players over the years. Um, are we right to get carried away about Jude Bellingham? Yeah, I think we are. I think that the, the, my biggest concern is uh, can Southgate find a position for him that actually uh, suits him because he he ain't no left winger, and um, and to play to play him on the left against Ukraine just makes me wonder what on earth he's seeing in in in, in him. I mean, just let just let him play in the centre and let him control things. Let him be that man that gets on the ball, makes things happen. I mean, the pass for um, for Harry Kane's goal was absolutely exquisite. He literally put it on a plate for him. He couldn't. He couldn't almost miss. Um, just he's just a he's just a world class player, and you can see it from the moment he turned up at, at Dortmund to being at Madrid. Now he just looks class, and I like the fact that he stayed abroad. I think that's testament to him. You know, in the day he's got plenty of chance to come back to the Premier League at, at some point or other, but to go and do it on the on the biggest stages in the world, and and there ain't many bigger than than Madrid. As far as I'm concerned, I just think it's incredible. I just think I just think it's it's not say it's just testament to how he's how he's actually set up and what he's like as a person. Yeah, absolutely. I think when you you know look from the outside, he seems to take it all in his stride. The biggest stage does not seem to phase him whatsoever. Um, and I think you know if he maintains this trajectory, you know a Jude Bellingham at twenty five, twenty six could. You know, we could be talking about a future Ballon d'Or winner. Yeah. I, I really do think that when I look at what he's doing, um, it seems all too easy to him. And, you know, I'm very thankful that he plays in an England shirt. Ryan, one raised by you before we went to recording. And one that I've discussed with Steve talking about England on, on the last couple of pods on our YouTube page. And, and if you haven't been over there yet, do head over, have a look at our volume of Videos, give us some likes and subscribe if you haven't. It's really, really appreciated. Um, Harry Kane's gone to Bayern Munich in the summer. Tuchel's certainly using him in that number nine position. And, you know, he's taken to it like a duck to water. With England, you question whether we're using him to his potential. How do you see it? 
I don't think we're using them anywhere near the potential. It's been a far too common theme that the majority of the time Harry Kane touches the ball for an, in an England shirt, he's in his own half. He's not the quickest and he's not going to get back up that pitch as quickly as we need him to. Very, very evident in the World Cup. I think it was evident in the early part of the Euros as well. He comes in and he's sitting in almost an, an eight type position and we don't need that. We need him up top where he's deadly. And like Steve questioned about Bellingham, does, will Southgate get the most out of him? I really don't think he gets the most out of Harry Kane. You take away the goals and I know he's got, I know he's our all-time leading goal scorer. He is not that big an impact on a game. At this level? Uh, and, and, and against any international team. Uh, like It's all right scoring a hat-trick against Panama when you get two penalties. He wasn't very influential tonight. And against France, nothing in the, in the quarterfinal of the World Cup. I just don't think we see the same player. To, and it sounds crazy to say with his number of goals. I don't think we see the same player for England as what we've seen for Tottenham. Well, you see what he does at Bayern. At Tottenham, they don't. They didn't appear to function without him. You don't. You can't tell me we couldn't put another England striker, English striker, in that position and not get the same output. Yeah, yeah. Before I come to Gaz, obviously, when he was at Tottenham, he's used to being a loser. So maybe that affected him, and maybe now playing at, you know, Bayern Munich, where he's going to win trophies, um, he uh, will become more of a winner and hopefully more influential. Gaz. Um, Harry Kane, there's not many options other than Kane. Um, not that I can think, I, I certainly don't think Callum Wilson, Eddie and Ketty and no chance. How do we get him further up the pitch? Because it does seem to me that he has a bit of too much of a free reign. Kane playing up, up top, being a number nine for England where he should be, he's still got to get the supply. And if he isn't getting the supply, he's used to coming short. But last night I thought he was okay. Um, I know he did come deep a couple of times, um, but like I said, there's two options. You could put Madison up there and then supply him there, but Bellingham's slightly different, and um, I would just keep playing him up top and just say, just try and stay between the, you know, the goalposts as, as much as you can and, and try and get on the end of things. But um, the problem is he's so influential as well, Kane. You know, on the ball, his passing is so good. So, uh, you know, being able to pull defenders in and out allows people to run in behind. So I think Kane gives you a lot with Rashford running in behind and obviously Saka and Sterling and people like that. So you can't have, um, you know, get the best out of the wingers and then, not, and then you know, you need Kane for that. So for me, you know, Kane would stay. Steve, we talked about Harry Kane coming too deep. Your real rant that went out a couple of days ago talked about taking Harry Kane off and putting Wilson and Ketier on if uh, if Kane won't stay up there. Um, it's got to come down to Southgate, isn't it? And it's uh, sort of another chink in his armour about getting the best out of England players. I just I just think sometimes that with, with Kane and with England in general, we don't seem to have almost a plan B. He's always, always going to play. But at the end of the day, whether that's right or wrong, you know, You'd say it's right because he does score a volume of goals. But in the back of my mind, I wonder if England would be better occasionally or better um, overall if they actually took Kane off and went, then went almost with a false nine. 
almost almost sort of city esque and and sort of how Spain were when they when they had a false nine. Because we've got we've got a lot of players with a lot of skill. I mean, Phil Foden ended up in the centre of the goal last night and scored scored. You know, with using his very very quick feet. I just wonder, lots like, of that we're so reliant on Kane, he becomes almost a problem. A little bit like he he, he perhaps did for Tottenham. When you're looking at a different angle of a game, he'll never come off. Southgate would never take him off because of the fact that he's the main man, he's going to get the goals. But is there not more to it than that? I mean, we've got other people who can score. We've got other people who can... I know he'd probably be vilified if he does that, Southgate. But is that not a plan B we perhaps need to look at? We don't ever try it in the, in the friendly. We never, ever have a friendly we start without Kane playing. So actually, how will we ever know? But other teams have made that work, and we've got a lot of forward players. You know, we, you can name probably a front eight. They can't all play, but actually, if you named a front six, Harry uh, Harry Kane is always going to be that one. Matt, I know you listened to the pod that me and Steve put out pre-game review England Scotland, and you know the team we definitely didn't get right. Are you happy to see that Southgate was brave enough? to make some changes from the Ukraine game. Ramsdale, uh, Dunk especially, who got some rave reviews, you know, after the game. Yeah, 100%. And yeah, Steve's, uh, Steve's rant in the video the other day was... Uh was phenomenal um i've watched it about five times i think i loved it and i really i, I agree with a load of your points as well yeah i think it was great that southgate's done what he's done um i think having you know kind of rice and, and phillips sat just in front of the uh of the defense or in between the defense and, and you know kind of bellingham allowed us to be so much more attacking i thought bellingham his play with rashford they just seemed to have a connection last night they seemed to know where each other were and that really really worked and that allowed, as Gaz said, Kane to actually stay up top a hell of a lot more. He very rarely dropped back last night. I think I put in the chat about him. It's nice to see him staying up top. Um, I think Southgate, I've not listened to the fans because he wouldn't do, but he made some great changes. This argument that, oh, it's only Scotland or Scotland were poor. I, I don't always get on board with that because, you know, it's all talk before the game. Scotland are going to come out really quick. Well, they tried and we shut them down immediately. So, yes, OK, it's only Scotland, but you can only play the team you're put up against. And actually, we played fucking well last night. So I don't think anyone would have done particularly well against how we played last night for the majority of the game. There were a couple of spells, but for the majority of the game, yeah, I, I think we've got to kind of give plaudits to, to Southgate for what he did with that that squad. And just finally on Dunk, I thought I thought Dunk played really, really well, really well. He looked solid. Um, but, you know, on, on ratings and, and stats and stuff, he didn't play that much better than Maguire. Oh, uh, Ryan, shaking your head there. And I know historically, you know, you and Steve um, have questioned why England against lesser opposition play the two holding mid midfielders with a back four. Go on, give us your opinion. I, I know you want to get it off your chest. You, you've been abroad, you've been listening, and you want to talk football. So go on, fire those guns, baby. I'm married to a Scot, so I'm not going to get away with absolutely annihilating <laughs> <laughs> But they are not a, a top-hit <laughs> nation. Okay, so yes, we can look good playing that formation against lesser teams. When it come, when push comes to shove and we need to get a result in a World Cup quarterfinal, he will revert back to this 
Ian will drop deep, we'll have no one up front, and we will revert to type. That's my problem. And he doesn't overly try new things in these types of games. We didn't learn anything. I agree with Steve. It, even if we don't hit Ken off, why don't we try putting someone alongside Ken, where if Ken then drops, you've still got someone up front. We never do anything different. And yes, we beat it's a Scotland team that's on form. They'll probably get pumped the next three games and do Scotland and not qualify. Matt, I can see you want to go back with something. So go on very quickly before I go to Steve. Look, I, I, I just get fed up with it sometimes where England go out and win 3-1 and convincingly win 3-1 and we get slated. It's like, what, what do you expect? What did you want us to go out and win 10-0 against Scotland? But I don't get it. I don't get this argument. I, my my problem is the Ukraine result. It's not. It, I, I I could give right. myself all the credit in the world. The, the result that mattered was Ukraine, and we draw one all. Not a friendly. That it didn't know, really matter that result. We're going to qualify first in that group anyway. It's not the point. We're, we're playing a team away from playing Ukraine away is harder than playing Scotland away. True, but he was trying players. He, you know, he was having Bellingham on the left, on the left, which obviously clearly didn't work. But he was trying different formations. But you know, Ooh. when you say about Kane coming deep, right? He comes deep for a reason, right? He comes deep so you can get the most out of Rashford. Okay, Rashford. That's the whole point of it. So Rashford could actually when? get in the game and actually do something, actually put, put the ball in the net. And same with Saka. He wants the you know the quicker, younger. You know, much more faster players. He, he did it with Sterling, uh, coming in off the off the off the wings. That's uh, why he comes deep. So, in the yeah. box, score the goals. Yeah, yeah absolutely. When does that work? So that, then, that then work? don't be in the centre of midfield. When does that work, guys? I get, I get, I get your your point is right, but when has it ever worked for England in the competition? When does when if when is Kane dropped deep? Sterling was fantastic last uh, competition. Sterling was not, brilliant. We got knocked out by France. The Euros, we lost because he didn't have the bollocks to change, to take Kane off and to mix things up. I'm sorry, I'm not being super negative, but I'm not going to sit here and give Southgate massive props because we beat Scotland. And this, I'm not slagging Kane off, but there's no example of Kane dropping deep and pinging balls to Sterling or Rashford or a another, and we and they score and they win us a big game. You don't use you don't use a Euro qualifier as a tester now to see if Bellingham and Plan left. You don't. I mean, what what they did with I mean, Calvin Phillips. I was I was against him playing, but to be fair, what they did to him in three days to get him fit for that game because if he was fit for that game against Scotland, he was fit to play on Saturday, and if you'd have played him on Saturday and played people in the right position, we may have been better off. But this whole thing of Kane coming backwards, you don't need him to come and play in midfield. We've got Foden. We've got Grealish. We've got Bellingham. We've got Madison. When we had... Um, Phillips was fantastic last night. Phillips next to Knight, um, OK? Everyone thinks, oh, that's very negative and very defensive. No, it actually helped because... It just allowed it allowed them to give the ball and get the ball up. So Kane was nowhere near as deep last night because of those two. I think if but, you then start putting other people in, um, Kane will come deep because we won't get enough of the ball. That's the key part. That's then Southgate's fault. If you cannot tell, I'm sorry. If you need two holding midfielders to tell to ensure that Kane 
does not drop deep for the ball, your other two midfielders, because we usually play a 4-3-3, are not doing their job. Or they're not, they're not being given the right instructions. If you're playing Bellingham, say, slightly in front of Rice, and you're saying, drive up that pitch and try and play Harry Kane through, you tell me Bellingham, whose natural yeah. game seems to be that, wouldn't try and do that. He did last it, night, and that's what that's how they had results. But, but, yeah, but the, but Gaz, surely the other thing is about this is when you're playing better sides. At last night, the fullbacks were allowed to push on. They were allowed to push on because Scotland allowed them to push on. When you're playing against better sides, you can't do that. So hence, having the two defensive midfield players means we then sit back. We're never taking a game on to people when we're playing that formation. We were last night because we're playing Scotland. And this is perhaps why when we play your San Marinos and your Luxembourgs and your Andorras and your, you know, your lesser nations, perhaps, that's why we always end up winning three, four, five nils. Because okay, we can rip the fullbacks have got time. Here's probably a better question then. You've got Rice. Would you not? Who, if you, obviously, Rice has got to play, right? We all agree Rice plays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Does Phillips play next to him, or do we play another attacking person to play alongside Rice? I really think it depends on the opposition, and, and you know who England are playing and the standard of that teammate. In all honesty, against a, a better side, maybe you do need the likes of a you know a Phillips gone of the days of Jordan Henderson. But against le- lesser opposition, where we want England to be more on the front foot, we want Harry Kane to be higher up the pitch. Maybe, and I think Steve said it before, maybe it's a Foden that tucks in with him or someone like that. Um, or Rice sits on his own and, and England play a little bit further forward with some more attack-minded players. We've covered England and thankfully the Premier League is back next uh, next few days. That's it for today's podcast. You know, moving forward, we're going to split this up, guys. So results from um, the previous weekend will now be going out on a Wednesday and, and any news that needs to be to be discussed up until that point. And now on a Friday morning, depending on where you're listening, but on a Friday, we will be releasing our conversation around the fixtures for the weekend that's about to happen. So do make sure you check back in on Friday. Depending on how you're listening, if you're on Spotify, make sure you hit your little notification bell. Um, There will be two podcasts a week. If you've subscribed to YouTube this week, thank you very much. Really, really appreciate it. The comments have been fantastic. You'll also be able to find this podcast there. So um, we'll see you guys on Friday. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please do consider clicking that like button. And if you're feeling really generous and you don't want to miss any of our future content, maybe hit subscribe as well. See you on the next one.